so we can enjoy them for a while. <laughs> but uh, if you if you did not give pictures and you look over there and your picture is not in there or your loved one's picture is not in there, don't get mad. Don't go home and be like, nobody loves me. Okay, because... Oh, uh, for real. Because, <laughs> like, if you didn't get pictures, uh, we can't help you. But um, but make sure that when you do see your pictures, there are there are some on the on the wall that are like a big roll of a film. If you see pictures on there that you would like, we will provide some scissors, and you can cut just you cut. As many as you want, except don't take the last one, all right? Don't take the last one. But those are the only ones that you can take. If you see pictures over there that you, I haven't seen this in a while, and just pluck it off, the, don't do that, please. Because, no, no. Because those belong to us, okay? So if you want a copy, let us know. We'll make a copy for you. But those on the wall um, that are, and you'll see how they're arranged. So if you, um, if you want some of those... There's, a, there's some of me and you over there. Yes, if you'd like that one, bless our hearts. Yeah. You have an 11 by 14 of that particular one. Wow. Up on the mantle. See me every day. <laughs> bless it. Anyway, but don't don't take the last one. But if you'd like some of those pictures, then you're welcome to, uh, to cut those off. Also, you will notice our fabulous uh, Hawaii scene back in the back. Yes. Thank you, Sister Vicki. Shout out. Um. We are raising uh, pennies for pineapples. So the Church of God in Hawaii is considered a mission state. There are only 21 churches of God in the entire state of Hawaii. So they do not have a lot of means to support the the local church, uh, to support their their state offices. So we are going to raise some money between now and the 1st of July to, uh, to send to them. So... If you have, and we're not asking for for a ton. If you have pennies, throw it in there. If you'd like to give bigger reels, you're welcome to do that as well. But uh, it will all culminate in a luau for our July first Sunday meal, which Shane will be helping us out with. That's right. Uh, if you would like to, um, if you'd like to bring some some Hawaiian types of food, then you're welcome to do that for our first Sunday meal. But uh, but it will be luau themed, so you're welcome to wear flowery things. Again, leave your coconuts and your grass skirts at home in the privacy of your own home. But but uh, any other type of Hawaiian look, you're welcome to to bring along. Um, I have all my some looking and making sure that I remember everything. Uh, Father's Day breakfast is in two weeks. Yes, if you're a father, if you have a father, or if you belong to God the Father, then you are invited. This is your invitation. If you're here, if you're watching, this is your invitation to join us for Father's Day breakfast. We won't be in here, so you can be a little more laid back. I probably won't wear a dress that day. <laughs> perish the thought uh we'll be over in the fellowship hall and we'll be having breakfast we'll start at 10 o'clock we'll have a, a devotion time but it will be it will be lots of great food if you haven't yet signed up to bring something the sign up is out in the vestibule we would like for you to participate in that even if you're not a father you're welcome to eat okay so be here on that day and Bonnie English and family will be here on July 8th. I'm so glad that y'all were here to hear this. Uh, if you're here today, this is your personal invitation to join. Bonnie English and family, July 8th, which is a Saturday. 
and we'll begin, I think last time we began at 6, well, they had a hard time, but um, 6, yeah, um, and then so we'll, we'll try to begin around 6, and we're going to have a meal following, and it'll be a $5 donation suggested so that we can uh, send them off with a, a great offering. We did last time, thank you so very much, and we plan to do that again this time. Any other announcements, we will let you know. Um, the, yeah, I've been, I've been, if y'all participated, I hope you did, in Spirit Week. Yes, Spirit Week, yes. <laughs> you participated in Spirit Week this past, past week. And so yesterday I was listening to some music and, and just getting in an attitude of worship. And two or three of the songs had a, had an idea of testimony. And as the people were talking, they would say, you know, my, this is my testimony. You know, I'm, I'm singing out my testimony. In fact, the song that we're going to be singing in just a minute, the girl on there, you, you're welcome to say that part if you want. But, um, the, the girl on there says, I'm going to sing you my testimony. So I got to thinking, there are so many testimonies that we have. We each have a testimony that we can share with others that we can tell of how God saved us and changed us, who we were before and who we are now. That's our, our testimony, and that is a great way of witnessing to people. There's a testimony that, Mom talks about this, that you just can't share. There's a testimony that's between you and the Lord, that you know what he did for you. You know the depths of how bad you were and the, the mercy and the grace that it took for God to reach down and pull you out. That's your, your personal testimony that, that you can't speak. But there's also a testimony of who God has been in your life. So this morning, as we think about the fact that it's homecoming, we're celebrating, we're excited about uh, what the Lord has done in our church for the past 77 years, what he's going to do in our church. The thing is, God has a testimony of his faithfulness. There are songs that we sing, uh, your goodness is running after me. That's some people's testimony that they recognize. The goodness of God, when I strayed away, when I walked away from God, his goodness was following me. Some of you have a testimony of, of protection, that God surrounded you, and there were times that you should have not even made it, but you were healthy and you were strong because of God. There's testimony of favor. I know, a, I know somebody. <laughs> That favor is upon him wherever he goes. And even before he came to Christ, there, I, wish, I wish he would share his testimony with y'all because this is really something. But there's a, there's a legacy of, of favor in his life and God just pouring it on him and, and making, him, uh, making him shine in certain situations. And I thought about mine, my, my testimony is that God shows up right at the very last second. I think he's trying to be funny with me because he knows that I don't like that. Uh, that. That I'll pray and pray and pray for something for a long time. And then right there, like 11.59, he's like, bam, here it goes. And, you know, I should know that by now. <laughs> but that's my testimony with God, that he is always faithful, that he doesn't come through when I want him to sometimes, but he is always on time. So today, as you consider your testimony, just allow that to be a part of your worship this morning. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are so good. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. You are high and lifted up. You are exalted. God, we have come into this place to lift you, 
to give you glory and give you praise. God, I thank you for each and every person who is here this morning. There is no one who is here by accident, but God, we are all here for a purpose. To hear and receive, God, to give to you a portion of your goodness that you've given. God, I thank you that each and every one of us has a testimony, whether we realize it or not. God, there are those of us who may not know you as Savior. If there's someone here who is like that, I pray that before they leave today, they would recognize the love that you have for them and that that would become part of their testimony today. God, I pray for the, uh, everyone who has come in with burdens, who is coming with pain, who's coming with difficulty. God, whatever it may be, I pray in Jesus' name that those chains be broken. God, that you would work and move in ways that we haven't seen. God, I just pray that you would have your will and your way in each and every life. Help us to honor you and please you in all that we say and do. God, that everything that is done today would lift you up. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Y'all are welcome to be seated at this point. Y'all can stand up later. If you want. <laughs> if you, I know you. If you want to, you go ahead. Praise the Lord. I said, you don't want me to testify, do you? She said, I know you. But it is so good to be here. And I just want to say thank you, Lord, Amen. for salvation. So... <laughs> I had been, I've been saved, I don't know how many times, help us Jesus, I've been saved a lot, right? But the last time, the good and saved time, the good and saved time, the time that I said no more, not going back, was right over here in this little church. That man right there sang a song, and the Lord drew me to him, and I thank him. I thank you for singing that song, brother. <laughs> I love to hear Brother Mike sing. But you know, it wasn't a song. It was the Holy Spirit that drew me to him. And it's the Holy Spirit that keeps me every single day. Do I do stuff he don't like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But his grace and his mercy is sufficient. And he covers a multitude, right? Thank you, Lord, for who you are. I stand here today <laughs> on my way to heaven. <laughs> Ain't nothing going to keep me here. <laughs> there is nothing I want to go back to. Not one thing do I want to go back to. I'm so thankful for the relationship that I have with him. I'm here to tell you today that if you don't talk to him, you're missing out. You are missing out because he's going to talk right back if you be still and listen. He is so good to me, and I love him. Spirit, 
I've been washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my soul. I'm raising my
can sing along if you want. This is my story. I testify that God is good all the time. He saw me and heard my cry. Now I am his. And this is my story. I testify that God is good all the time. He saw me and heard my cry. Now I am his. And this is my story. I testify that God is good all the time. He saw me and heard my cry. Now I am his. And this is my story. I testify that God is good all the time. He saw me and heard my cry. Now I am his. And this is my story. I testify that God is good all the time. He saw me and heard my cry. Now I am his and he is mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
going to make at least three or four people happy because I'm going to sing a song they really like. So you pray for me as I sing about a shepherd boy. One by one, Jesse's sons stood before the prophet. Their father knew a king would soon be found. Each one passed, except the last. No one thought to call him, for surely he would never wear a crown and when others see a shepherd boy God may see a king even though your life seems filled with ordinary things in just a moment he can touch you Everything will change when others see a shepherd boy. God may see a king. One by one, problems come. Dreams get shattered. Sometimes it's hard to understand. Things like chance, circumstance, they don't really matter. Our Father holds tomorrow in His hand. And when others see a shepherd, boy, God may see a king, even though your life seems filled with ordinary things, in just a moment, he can touch you, and everything will change, others see a shepherd boy. God may see a king. Well, he wasn't the oldest, he wasn't the strongest, chosen on that day. Yet the giant fell, and nations trembled, they stood in his way. Shepherd boy, God may see a king, even though your life seems filled with ordinary things. In just a moment, he can touch you, everything will change. Others see a shepherd boy. God may see a king.
I'm not quite as old as I thought I was because she said the church was 77 years old. I thought I'd been around for most of them. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Maybe I'm not quite as old as I thought I was. Hot dog. Let me first say thanks to everyone that helped clean the church and put out the mulch and clean the chandeliers and climb ladders and all that good stuff. Thank you for all that you did. It takes a team effort to make it work, and I think we pulled that off pretty good, and I thank you for it with all my heart. Thank you for all the food. Oh, there's two or three things that y'all just need to... I think I'm going to hit the dessert table first, <laughs> and then y'all can have at it for as long as you want to, but I'm, I'm, I saw a couple things over there I want to get before they all get gone. <laughs> but I am happy to see all of you here this morning. I hope God blesses you so much during this day. 77 years. I See, I could stand up here and talk all day, but... I, you don't want to hear me talk. Uh, there's so many people that I could thank, but they're all gone. Uh, the ones that I could thank that brought me up and showed me the way. Thank God for every one of them. And I pray that we will continue to carry on that for as long as we can. It's time to receive our tithing offering. That's what I'm up here for the most, is to get you money. So if our usher will come at this time, we'll... Take up our offer. Brother Jordan, do you feel like saying the blessing of the offering this morning?
you're, whatever time, if you're live right now or if you're watching later, we're glad that you're here. We are also glad to welcome the, well, I know that, Jesus League. I don't, even, I don't know the name of your church. That's why I was looking at you. New Hope Worship. Yes. Yes, in North Carolina, in, in Bun. Yes. Okay, bless my heart. This is my sister. I know things about her, I promise. But um, <laughs> we are glad that, that Jesus Lake is here to, uh, to minister to us today. Um, uh, uh, last week I had somebody ask me, what's the deal with mom? Like they just didn't understand. They'd never seen it before. Uh, we had mom today. Excellent. Great job, ladies. Yes. Amen. And we are also going to have some dowel rod. So if you've never experienced that before, either mom or dowel rod, and you may think, what on earth is this about? Well, we are just uh, going in the same vein as King David, who said, let everything that has breath. Let every single thing that has breath praise the Lord. Praise him with the psaltery and the heart. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him upon all the symbols. So we're using whatever it takes to give praise and worship to God who is worthy. Sometimes, and I said to the person who was asking me about it, I said, you know, sometimes you hear a song and it just like, it hits you. It's like, this is exactly what I want to say. But you don't know how to express it. Sometimes you got to express it in your body. So today we are expressing our worship to God through, through our movements, through the dowel rods, all that. So please worship with Jesus League as they come.
So glad to be here, and I'm thankful for his favor. It's now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Sister Judy.
us. Let's pray for Sister Judy's family, her daughters, and for the migraines. The Lord will intervene. Brother Mike. Yes, pray for Brother Mike's family. Keep her in prayer. Rhonda. Let's pray. pray for Zach that the, a speedy recovery and the results come back at the biopsy. Pray for Zach. Gretchen? Kinsley? Inslee. Let's pray for Inslee that she's okay and gets to feeling better. Well, yes, sir. Let's pray for Jason's mom. A complete, speedy recovery. She gets to feel better. Sister Ronell. Yes, let's pray for Sister Ronell's family. I have a, a prayer request. A friend of mine that I used to work with, Chloe, she texted me yesterday and said that, uh, yesterday? Two days ago, and said her mother lost her life, so. We pray for her. She's needing some prayer. Sister Judy. Let's pray for Brother Joyner. He had a little slip and fall. Pray for her. He gets to feeling better. Uh, let's see. There's one more. I'll pray for um, Brother Vic. He was leaving, and he just had to get home to his wife. I want to pray for his wife that she gets to feeling better. We all need to pray for her. If that's it, unspoken request, stand with me. Raise your hands. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord.
right, it's time to fellowship.
if you are if you do not know we live stream every Sunday except for Father's Day because we're going to be over yonder and y'all don't need to be watching us eat because that'd be weird but we we live stream every every Sunday at churchofgodcornelius.org so you can join us even when you're not here but if you're here already that means you need to be here all the time yeah I'm looking at you (laughs) anyway we are glad that you are here if you have not been here in a while, we appreciate it, and uh, we're glad that, that you're going to be able to join us for homecoming. Amen. I'm so excited. This is my, like my favorite church day of the year. Christmas is my favorite day of the year, but homecoming is my favorite church day. It's, it's so exciting. You know, for the past few weeks, I told y'all that we were going to be having a guest speaker. Surprise. Um, I, got a, I got a call that he was not able to join us today, so um, you're welcome. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, sure. There he, yes. Oh, Michael, you got a word? No. That's not how we work around here. That is not how we work around here, y'all. Okay. That's not how we work. You don't y'all be getting up here. I got a word. Let me no. We'll talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> Decently and in order. Amen. And like, okay, then reel it in. So we learned last week what it means to be Pentecostal. Last week was Pentecost Sunday, and we are a Pentecostal church. So we learned what it meant to be Pentecostal. It means that we are people of the Spirit. That we believe that the Spirit of God who moved in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, that God is three in one, that He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit came down to dwell with us. We are people of the Spirit. We are people of the Word. That Word that was made flesh. We believe what Jesus said. We follow what He said. We believe in the Bible. That it is the complete Word of God. And we believe in koinonia. We are people of koinonia, which means that we are people of fellowship. We are people not just of shaking hands on Sunday morning, but we are people who believe that it is important to be in community to be in one another's lives and know the kinds of things we can pray for, the kind of ways that we can encourage one another, the ways that we can meet one another's needs. That's what it means to be Pentecostal. So we have been and continue to be in a series called Health and Wellness. Now, when you go on to churchofgodcornelius.org and you click on our media and then you look on all the the past that we have for months yes yeah we have them for months so if you want to catch up with health and wellness which we have been doing for a very long time (laughs) but i told y'all i don't know how long this is gonna go but if you want to catch up on health and wellness uh, you can do that just go onto our website Uh, but there's more to you than just your spirit there's more to you than just your spirit we come to church and we think about uh, needing to be spiritual But there's more to you than that. There are five main places that we need to be healthy mentally, physically, relationally, financially, and spiritually. And each one of those affects the other. If you are unhealthy in your relational life, then you're going to have some spiritual struggles. If you are unhealthy in your financial life, then that's going to affect you mentally. If you are unhealthy in your mental life, who bless that that hits everything. 
So each one of these affects the other. God made you, and he cares about each one of those aspects of you. So he has instructions in his word for health and wellness in each of those five places. So today, we're going to discuss a homecoming of sorts, but it's going to be talking about health and wellness in our relationships. The set of verses that we're going to look at today, it's a fairly familiar teaching of Jesus, and it's set in between two teachings about relationships. The section before this, the end of the the chapter before this that we're going to read, is talking about an oppressive government and the need to pay taxes. Bless us. (laughs) Yeah. And then the section after this is how to deal with conflict among the brethren. Because Jesus lays that out. So this section here that we're looking at today is in Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to begin in verse 1. So Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 1 it says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Bless their hearts. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive the receive one such little child in my name receiveth me we'll be reading more but we'll stop there for a second so this chapter opens with a bit of rivalry a difficulty in the relationships with the disciples again bless their hearts because sometimes we we read the bible and we read through it kind of quickly and we think oh those silly old disciples they should know better than that but In actuality, we would probably act the same ways. So Jesus (laughs) is there, and and, uh, it's likely that they're in Capernaum. They were in Capernaum in the chapter before that. So they're sitting around, and it seems as though it's, it's mainly the disciples here. And they come up to him. Now, Jesus, asking for a friend, who is your favorite about all of us? I don't want to know for myself. I'm not asking for myself, but I just, I feel like some of these guys want to know. Let's just clarify. So, a few occurrences that had happened before could explain this question. Uh, a few chapters previous to this, Peter had declared his belief that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus said to him, This is a heavenly revelation. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but this is something that came straight from God. So, everybody's looking at Peter going, Wow, Peter, you heard directly from God and declared Jesus as the Messiah? Wow. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty wild. Up to that point, he had been called Simon. And then Jesus changed his name to Peter. So, from that point on, that's how he became known. Peter, Little Rock. And he said, upon this rock, meaning stone, the foundation stone of the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, upon this foundation will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So there's this big, exciting thing happening with Peter. So everybody's like, "Mm, maybe Peter's the favorite. Now, in the chapter previous to this, 
Jesus calls Peter, James, and John and says, hey guys, come up with me to the top of this mountain. Something special is going to happen. And they saw Jesus transfigured. He was, he, he was glowing. And uh, they, they saw uh, Moses and uh, Peter. And I was like, let's, let's build some tabernacles. Let's build a tent for y'all and we'll stay up here forever. So then they may have gotten to thinking, okay, Peter, James, and John, are they the favorites? So the lesser ones, the ones who hadn't been set aside or, or brought up on top of the mountain, began to think, well, I, I guess Jesus doesn't love me as much as he loves the other ones. And then they began to become jealous. This is in my mind. They became jealous of, of Peter. Mm-hmm. See Peter over there getting all the attention. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we need you to clarify, who do you love most? So who's the greatest? Who's the strongest? Who is the, the largest in your eyes? Jesus. So Jesus... He summoned a little child. Just a a random kid from the crowd. We don't know who it was. Come over here, child. And he sat that child in front of him so that all the disciples could see. And he said, This is the principle of an upside-down kingdom. Unless you are converted. Literally, to turn around or to change your mind. Unless this mentality of yours gets flipped on its head. Unless you become like little children, you will not even enter the kingdom, let alone be the greatest. If you keep this rivalry going, if you keep this jealousy going, if you keep this comparison going, not only will you not be the greatest... You won't even make it. Mm. So, who is ever willing to be humble, Jesus said. Whoever is willing to be humble, meaning to level the plane. To be ranked below honor. (laughs) To be ranked below reward. To be unassuming. Or to bring down one's pride. Those are the ones that are the greatest. Now please understand that this does not mean that you should walk around mealy mouth. If y'all don't know what mealy mouth is, are you even from the south? Um, No, mealy mouth is like, oh, this is more of an eastern thing, right? I don't know. Mealy mouth is like, woe is me, no one loves me. Kind of like Eeyore. Okay, that is not what God called you to be. Okay, that's not humility. That's that's bringing that's bringing attention to yourself in a negative way, but uh, still bringing attention to yourself. Oh no, one loves me. I'm worthless and no good. Well, that may be the case, but if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you have Jesus in your heart, then He makes you more. And he makes you better. And he makes you able. And he says that you can do all things through him. So there is no reason to be down and low and in the dumps. That's not humility. 
Humility is saying, I know who I am because of whose I am. I know that I can because I belong to Him. I know that I am able not because of my own strength, but because of Christ who lives within me. So that's what Jesus was telling them to do. So He says to them, those who will willingly embrace and welcome those who are humble, lowly, and even immature in Christ are receiving Christ himself. Take a look again at at verse 5. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. So when we receive those who are humble... And when we receive those who are unassuming. And again, in the Greek, this word means immature in Christ. Then we are receiving Christ himself. Take a look at verses 6 through 9. It says, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. We're going to pause right there for a second because in our society today, it's all about Jesus' love. All he ever preached is love. Not really. He said, if you hurt one of my little ones, and that could mean an immature Christian. It could mean a child. It could, if you cause one of them to stumble, then you might as well have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown out into the middle of the sea. <laughs> okay, that's Jesus. That's in red, y'all. Jesus himself is saying this. We'll talk about what all that means in just a second. Wherefore, verse 8, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off. And cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maim. Rather than having two hands or two feet. And be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee. Pluck it out. And cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye. Rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Again. Those who think that all Jesus ever preached was... Now, he's preaching this out of love for the little ones, okay? So that's, that's his motivation. But those who say, oh, Jesus was all about peace and love, and that's all he ever does. No, y'all aren't reading your Bibles. So, <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Jesus says, woe be unto those who cause issues. Oh, I'm not looking at. I'm not looking at anyone. <laughs> Woe be unto those who cause issues. Those who scandalize. This word here in the, in verse six to offend means to scandalize, to entrap, or to trip up one of those humble believers. Jesus said, "If you do this." It would be better if you had a millstone hung around your neck. Now, in biblical times, there were two types of millstones. There was one that was a hand-ground millstone that, that would have sat up on a table and been big enough to, 
to grind your own personal grain for your, your bread, for your household. So that particular kind. But then there was also one that was turned by an animal. The animal would have been yoked to it, and he would have just walked in a circle. This is what Samson was hooked up to in Judges. And for the, all day long, usually it was a donkey, would have just walked around to grind the grain. This was the type of millstone that Jesus was talking about. And this type of millstone, the upper part called a runner stone, the top part of it could weigh upwards of 3,300 pounds. So there's no getting out of that one. Jesus said, (laughs) if you hurt one of these little ones, if you scandalize and you offend and you do something that's going to cause them to turn away from God, if you do something that's going to cause them to disbelieve or to wonder about their salvation, then it would be just as well that somebody tied a ton and a half stone to your neck and threw you out in the middle of the ocean. There's no coming back from that. So woe to the man. He says... Woe to the world first. There there are scandals, snares, offenses that will occur. This is just life. Since we live in a fallen world, trouble is inevitable. It's going to happen. There is some trouble that happens that we bring on ourselves. It's just the consequence of our actions. There There are some troubles that occur because of age and time. Bodies wear out. We get sick. We pass away. That's just, that's inevitable. There are things that, you say, is he saying amen over there? Hey, now you man, one time and look at you. Bless. Uh, So there are things though that it's because we live in a fallen world that attacks come. Attacks of the enemy because he hates you and he wants you to fail. He wants to turn you away from God. He turned away from God, so he doesn't want anyone else to turn to God. So Jesus says, those kinds of things are inevitable. They're going to happen, but woe to the man. This warning is declared against the person who causes the offense. If you are grasping at desires, if your hand causes you to sin, you're grasping at desires that will cause you or someone else harm, you might need to cut off your hand. He said, if your foot causes you to sin, and in the Greek, this is a foothold. I always thought it was going somewhere you ought not go, but it means foothold. It means if there are things in your life, if there are addictions, if there are situations that you just can't seem to get out of, and they keep dragging you down every time, it's like they have a hold of your foot and they just keep pulling you back in. You might need to cut your foot off and escape. Because that's going to hurt you. He said, if your eye offends you. So if your vision is causing envy, jealousy, or in the Greek this means sada. Yes. See, the Bible is good. It's relevant even now. Yes. If, yeah, they know what sada is. (laughs) Yeah. 
if if you can if you're giving side eye all the time mm, mm, then you might need to pop your eye right out if it's causing you to sin if it's causing you to sin you've got to stop it whatever it takes to get rid of it we have got to get serious with our issues we are not promised even tomorrow we have got to get serious with our issues. We think, oh, I'll take care of this later. I'll, you know, I'm just going to live in this situation for a little while longer because for whatever reason. On the one hand, I, I, I like this. I like doing this crazy mess, but I know it's bad for me. I shouldn't do it. I know I'm not as close to God as I ought to be. Cut your hand off then. I mean... We've got to get serious. We have to. Then in verses 10 through 14, it says, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. That's verse 11. It, depending on the version that you're reading, it may not be there. It's in different um, translations. So. But I'll read it again. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. The title of our message today, you probably already saw it, the one that got away. So Jesus is telling them his purpose. He said, don't despise these little ones. I came for them. Don't disesteem them. Don't think less of them. The one who is lesser in status or stature or maturity, don't think less of them because those are the ones that I came for. The ones that recognize their need for me, those are the ones that I came for. Those who know they can't do it on their own, those are the ones that I came for. He said their angels are in the presence of the Heavenly Father. They constantly see God's face. So what does Jesus mean by this? Well, it was a Jewish belief that Jesus seems to confirm that guardian angels are assigned to those who are believers. That he puts his angels to protect and to guard. We see that throughout Scripture. So Jesus declared to them his purpose for coming. He said, I came to save those which are lost. Save in the Greek means to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to make whole. So Jesus didn't just come to, to die for our sins, but he came to heal us, and he came to make us whole, and he came to deliver us. There is more ability in his blood than just saving us from sin and fingers crossed that we're going to make it to heaven. He can bring about deliverance. He can bring about a change, a turnaround for people who are lost, who never thought that they'd be able to make it. 
He said, I'm here to save those who are perishing, fully destroyed, or dying. If you've ever felt or currently feel any of those ways, like you're perishing, like you are destroyed, like you're dying on the inside, Jesus came for you. He spoke this. He said, I came for those. Those are the kind of people I'm looking for. I came for those people. Then he gives them a scenario to analyze. He said, what if a man had a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? What will that man do? Astray here means to roam from safety, truth, or virtue. Led away from the truth or deceived. Actual sheep wander for many reasons. I learned a lot about sheep as I was studying. It's very, very interesting. They wander away for different reasons. If y'all have, I don't, y'all didn't have sheep on the farm, did you? No, okay. So if y'all know a whole lot more about sheep than I do, after church, you're welcome to correct me. Don't do it now, but, um, and I'll, I'll make an addendum for next week. But they, they wander off because they've been panicked or stressed. They wander off if there is not a strong leader to guide them. They wander away because their vision is impaired. So sheep apparently have excellent peripheral vision because they, they need to be able to see if there are predators. They're very easy prey. So their peripheral vision goes way, way back, but it, it gives a weird uh, front vision that they can't see anything until they get super-duper close to it. So if they're curious about something, they end up, moving lots and lots closer to it so that they can see. And so that kind of makes them wander off if they saw something in the distance that they are curious about. Sheep wander. Yeah. Yes, sheep. And Jesus Jesus called us sheep. Uh, the Old Testament calls us sheep. There are a lot of parallels between people and sheep. They wander off sometimes because they desire personal space. Now, they like to be in a group. They like to be able to see one another, but they also, they desire their personal space. Unless they know the other sheep really well, or unless they know the shepherd really well, they don't want to be crunched in together. Again, I learned so much. It was really interesting. Sometimes they wander away because they cannot walk a straight line. It's true. Because of their vision... It said, you know, go out into a out into a, a sheep pasture and notice the curvature of the lines because they can't walk a, a straight line because their vision's all wonky. So sometimes they wander away because they can't walk in that straight line. We, as metaphorical sheep, experience the same issues sometimes. So should the shepherd be, simply be happy that his 99 sheep are happily grazing? Counts them, okay. Yeah, we've got 90, 97, 98, 99. Oh, that's all right. That's fine. I got most of them. We're, we're good. No, that's not what he does. His shepherd's heart will not allow him to ignore the one that got away. 
He leaves the 99 to find the one. And then he rejoices exceedingly when his sheep is found. Now you'll notice in verse 13 it says, And if so be that he find it. If. Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows exactly where you are. Okay? In a spiritual sense, he knows exactly where you are. So why would Jesus say if and not when? Because we have the choice. He is constantly following you. Okay? If you have strayed away from him, he is constantly, he is after you. And he will not give up on you. He will keep following you. But he won't grab you up and drag you back. Because then you're just going to wander away again. He wants you to turn around. Come back to him. That's when he rejoices. He knows exactly where you are. And he will not leave you alone. But it will be your choice to come back to him or not. God desires that all his lost sheep be rescued. See, we all, like sheep, have gone astray and turned everyone to his own way. And Isaiah says, Yet the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He didn't deserve what he went through, but he took it for us. So as sheep, we tend to have issues. What are the issues that sometimes we face as sheep? Well, number one, there is pain within the sheepfold. Sheep, again, the learning, sheep can get depressed. For whatever reason, I don't know what depresses a sheep. Um, uh, that I didn't get into. But When sheep are hurt or depressed, they begin to act out. They can become agitated or aggressive. And they can have outbursts. They can bite other sheep. They can bite the shepherd. When they're, when they're upset, when they're hurt, when something has threatened them, when they're scared. They will not lay down and rest if they're depressed. They'll begin to show signs of isolation. Again, they like to be near each other, but if they're depressed or if they're hurt, they'll begin to isolate from others of the herd. This is not normal because sheep are afraid of being alone as a general thing. They'll begin to pace back and forth. Wander around away from the rest of the fold when they're depressed. When we see the pain and struggle from a fellow sheep, it's best to help them find their way back. Because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. That's part of being a believer that's part of being in community one with another the ministry of reconciliation this means that we are not striving to be the greatest or the best within the fold the most recognized the prettiest sheep the one that the shepherd loves the best that's not what we're going for that's not our goal our goal is to help one another and to follow the shepherd We must become childlike in our dependence upon him. See, I don't know where I'm going. As a sheep, I do not know where I'm going. I don't know where the shepherd is trying to take me. 
He's leading me to green pastures. He's trying to lead me beside the still waters. I don't know where those are because I can't see straight. So I have to look to Him. I can't walk a straight line. So I have to look to Him to guide me. This also means protecting the vulnerable. Again, woe to those who calls one of the little ones, one of those who are young in age, young in faith, to stumble. Because sheep will follow other sheep for good or for ill. If, if a sheep sees another one, if it's a, a strong leader type of sheep, and they see another one, oh, maybe there's something great over there. Let's just follow that sheep. And then they all get in behind each other and start jumping off a cliff. That's what sheep do. So we have to be careful where we are leading people. Are we leading them toward the shepherd? Or are we leading them off a cliff? Because woe unto us if it's the second one. And sometimes you may have experienced. There's this idea nowadays, church hurt. I say nowadays, it's been going on for a really long time, but it's coming up. You may have experienced pain from a shepherd. Someone who was meant to lead you. Someone who was meant to be a guide for you. And they abused mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it may have been. They abused their power. And perhaps you look back on that and you think, I don't want to have anything to do with church or with God. Because I've been hurt by someone who was meant to lead me. Or maybe you've been in church for a long, long time. Or not very long at all, but you got bit by another sheep. (laughs) Let me tell you something, church people can make you hate church people. (laughs) I love y'all. I love all of y'all. Y'all are great. I don't mean any of (laughs) y'all. I I mean, I've been in church my whole life. I don't hate anybody. But but church people can make you hurt church people because you think you... You think you can trust them. Should be able to, but sometimes if they're if they're hurt too, they'll bite. So on behalf of anyone who may have hurt you. Right now today, on behalf of anyone who hurt you, I'm sorry. Because they may not ever come back to heal you. They may not ever come back to fix you. They may not ever come back to apologize for leading you astray or for biting you or for backbiting. They may not ever come back to say, I shouldn't have done that. So on their behalf, if you'll accept it, I apologize. Because that wasn't right. That should never have happened. That's not the right way. But the thing is, when I heard recently somebody say, when when you hear someone play uh, a, a Beethoven concerto, and they don't play it well, who do you blame? 
Do you blame Beethoven and say, oh, Beethoven, he stinks? No, you blame the person playing it. Okay. So when a follower of Jesus, someone who's supposed to be playing Jesus well, someone who is supposed to be following him and doing what he says and, and living according to the word, if, he, if that person, he or she, messes it up, we don't blame God. We say that person had issues, and Lord helped that person. But we don't blame God. It's not God's fault. His ways are good and great and perfect. The second thing that we see is self-inflicted wandering. When a sheep wanders off, it may never have meant to get lost from the herd. It may not have meant to. Often they just need some space. Or they're looking for greener pastures. Literally, that's what they do. If they see this food and they're like, Oh, I don't, I'm not a fan of this particular grass. But, ooh, that grass, I think, may look good. And remember, they can't see well until they're right up close. So they go wandering off to find greener pastures, literally. And then they get lost. But they're sheep. So it's difficult for them to find their way back to the herd. So if there's anything going on in your life that could cause you to go astray. Or something that has caused you to go astray. Then it's time to rid yourself of it. It's time to, to cut that off. To pluck that out. To be done with it. Because is your, is your hand grasping at things that are never going to satisfy? I'm always grasping for more. I'm always working super hard. I'm always needing more and more and more things. Those are never going to satisfy. Or are you stuck in a stronghold? <laughs> your foot's stuck. Like a wild animal got caught in a bear trap and you just can't get away. You're stuck in addiction or you're stuck in relationships or you're stuck in an issue that you can't get out of. It's time to cut your foot off. Are your eyes filling you with envy or giving side eye and disgruntled attitudes? Then it's time for you to grow up and get a hold of yourself. And I'm saying that because I love y'all. It's time. It's time to stop blaming other people. And recognize that you chose to follow your own path. It's time to recognize that, that you gave in to the hurt of people who are just people. It's time to realize that all this stuff is not what matters. Because, yes, we have issues, but that's why we have one another. There are people out in the world who are dying and going to hell, and they don't know that there's somebody who loves them. So we have to grow up and step out. It's time. The third thing we have to recognize is the love of the shepherd. 
See, the good shepherd has great love for his sheep. He's responsible for their care. He shears them, cuts off those things that are unnecessary or that'll get in their way. He cleans them. He binds their wounds. He leads them to nourishment. He's also the one who protects them. See, sheep are easy prey when the shepherd is not around. But he's willing to protect them with his life. We hear from David that when he, when he was out in the fields with his sheep, he had to face lions and bears to protect his sheep. A shepherd is willing to do that. You are not too far gone. You are not too far gone. If there is breath in your lungs, there is hope for you. The enemy will try to tell you, you've strayed too far. You've gone too far away. God can never find you. You've done too much wrong. You've done bad stuff. That if anyone ever found out, they'd hate you or they'd look at you bad. They'd never accept you. God's given up on you and he's not even looking for you anymore. Those are lies. Those are lies that the enemy wants to put in your heart so that you'll give up. As long as you're breathing, there is hope for you. Jesus, the good shepherd, chases us down. When we stray, when we are out on a ledge, when we're out on the cliff, he's right behind us. We matter to him. That one that got away matters to God. And it's not a matter of if he finds you, because he knows right where you are, it's a matter of if you'll turn around. He invites us to come home. But the choice is ours to follow his lead. So today we see God cares about even that one that got away. In order to stay with the herd, we must remember and acknowledge that there is pain within the sheepfold, that there is self-inflicted wandering, but there is love that only the shepherd can provide. So today, as the music plays, if you, and we talked about testimony earlier, first thing. If you don't have a testimony yet, or you don't think you do, if you have never received Christ, or it's been a long, long time since he's been in your heart, Today's your day. He's been following you. He's been following you this whole time. No matter where you went, you thought you could get away from him, but you can't. So today is your day. If you have never received Christ, when we say receive Christ, all that means is that I say I believe. I know that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge my sin. I believe that he is the only way, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and that his blood is the only way to go to heaven. That's all it takes. To receive Christ, all you have to do, Jesus, I'm a sinner. 
forgive my sin. I believe that Jesus came to die for my sin. Now I accept him as my Savior and my Lord. He will be my shepherd. That's all it takes. If you need to receive him today, just say those words. And he is right there to wrap his arms around you, to throw you up on his shoulder and take you back. Like a good shepherd that he is. So however you need to receive, as we go to the Lord in prayer, however you receive from him, do that. You are welcome to come down to the front and pray. You're welcome to stand or sit, whatever it may be. But we're coming into a posture of prayer right now. Heavenly Father, good shepherd, Yahweh who is shepherd, who has promised to be my God from now until eternity, I thank you. God, I love you. I'm so grateful for who you are. God, I am so thankful that despite my sin, despite the things that I've done, despite the ways that I've hurt you and disappointed you, or hurt and disappointed people, God, I thank you that there is forgiveness that comes only through Christ. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person who is here and each person who is watching, and I pray now that you would begin to speak to their hearts. Lord, whatever you had planned to speak to them today, I believe, I believe that you are speaking directly to some people. Father, that that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish exactly what you have intended it to. God, I believe that there was a reason that the guest speaker couldn't come because you wanted someone to hear this message. God, I pray that whoever that heart is, if it's someone here, if it's someone watching, God, that you would speak to them, that you would help them. God, begin to shake their heart, begin to speak into their heart and their mind. Let them know that's you, that's you. God, I pray that we, as your sheep, would follow you rightly. God, that we would lay aside anything that would hinder us from walking that path. God, that if there are things that we're seeing, if there are things that we're having jealousy or envy, God, that you would forgive us, that you would cleanse our hearts, and God, that you would purge our eyes. God, I pray that if there are things that we're grasping a hold of, that we're reaching for, that we're striving for, that have nothing to do with your purpose for us, I pray in Jesus' name that you would cleanse our hands. God, I pray that you would take that desire away from us, that we are able to desire you more. God, if there are those here who are are dealing with strongholds, who are dealing with addictions, who are dealing with situations they just keep finding themselves in the middle of, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would cleanse their feet, that they would be able to walk away from that. God, that you would break chains of bondage for people right now. God, I pray that you would work and move in each life. God, that they would leave here different. That they would leave here recognizing that they are not too far gone. That they can never be too far gone as long as there's breath in their lungs. That you constantly are going after them. That you are our shepherd. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who have been hurt. By someone who was supposed to lead them rightly. God, for those who looked to someone who kept their eyes on a minister instead of keeping their eyes on you 
Father, for those who have been hurt by those people. I pray healing. God, that you would just place healing balm on those wounds. God, for those who, who see that church is a difficult place. And yes, it is because there are people here. But God, for those who have been hurt by other church people, I pray healing and restoration to their hearts. God, healing balm to them right now. Lord, that they would not continue to dwell on the hurt, but they would understand that those are people who need prayer. That those are people who struggle just like we do. That I pray for them now. I would just ask your will to be done in each and every life. Strength, encouragement, blessings upon each life. God, we thank you. We praise you. One more time. We thank you. Jesus, we thank you. And now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you. May Yahweh be gracious to you and give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen.